Welcome to the Nerd Alternative, a sweet melting pot of all things nerdy. I'm your host, Mr. Leviticus, and with me are my two illustrious co-hosts. It's me, it's Hassan. Nice to meet you. Well, yeah, see Hassan, you. Is, Hassan is both of my illustrious co-hosts. <laughs> <laughs> and Ram is with us today. I was going to say on that note. Uh... Anyway, it's me, Ram. Hi. <laughs> We're talking about games sequels and creativity in sequels um yeah i guess we'll try and keep it we won't, we won't fall. i don't feel like there's any rabbit holes to fall down really today so oh god there there yeah. are a few but like we'll we'll get there um there's one example that i'm going to bring up that is like there is so many rabbit holes from this one specific game okay cool i look forward to that actually <laughs> but first uh we must we must reach into the corners of nerddom is Final Fantasy racist? Yeah. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> I I was sad to see this. Um, this is. Were you surprised though? No, because it, and this could almost be another episode. We talk about like anime and stuff. I was saying to Ram how like you know a lot of uh, manga car and just anime creators and even fans of anime in the community love to talk about how anime can't be racist because the origins of it they're supposed to be this 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 color and race that everyone can <laughs> allegedly <laughs> see themselves with except I've, for me as a black person i've never believed that if if the, if the listeners could see my face <laughs> <laughs> so you know there was a new trailer for final fantasy 16 which does look good uh, as, as feels kind of weird saying right now. <laughs> 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 That's it. A world devoid of people. Um, I bet it does. I mean, we've had like two black characters in the whole of the Final Fantasy franchise now that I think about it. Maybe, maybe one more. I can't think right now. Just off the top of my head, I can only think of Barrett and Wasn't he like the guy with the bird in his afro. Stars. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know. <laughs> you don't know what's his name, Sars? S- S- something I... like that. No, you're ki- you're kidding me. I am not. You are Google. You have to be joking. Hold right, on. Google Final Fantasy Thirteen. What is his name? I feel like it's Sars, like S A H Z or something like that. <laughs> and he had a, he had a chocobo baby chocobo in his afro. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, have you found it? Yeah, I have. S A Z H. That's Wow. I next question. It's <laughs> racist. We know it's racist. It's fine. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, he was better than uh Barrett though. I just wanted to read the quote though, because um it is kind of weird. Um this was IGN that asked the producer Naoki Yoshida about basically the lack of any sort of people of colour in the latest uh Final Fantasy. And I guess this is one of them questions where you ask it and then when you get the answer, you're kind of like, oh, I was expecting you to like lie or something or I don't mm. know. I love that the response was, and his answer made us go, yikes. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, three pages, three pages of transcription. So, but essentially what Yoshida said was, quote, the, the, the Val- Valistia, which is the, the continent, was never going to be realistically as diverse as a modern day Earth. Or even Final Fantasy fourteen. Ultimately, we felt that while incorporating ethnic diversity into Valestia was important, 
and over-incorporation into the single corner of a much larger world could end up causing a violation of those narrative boundaries we originally set for ourselves. What boundaries, bruv? <laughs> Tell me. I was like, you know that this is a fantasy story, right? <laughs> like, the boundaries that you have set for yourself. Well, mm-hmm. It gets worse, and I'm mm-hmm. not even going... <laughs> No, please continue. This is the I'm just going to read his quote. So, um, when he was when he was pressed, and after he was told that you know the real world is more diverse than this land, he said the story we are telling is fantasy, yes, but it is also rooted in reality, <laughs> which kind of. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, you know, because I'm no, such a big no, fan you, of Final Fantasy. You, you but... gotta kind of laugh because, like, he's like, I want to have my racist cake and eat it too. Like, yeah. yeah, and I just feel like, I feel like, especially when it comes to like Japanese developers, and even when they when Japanese artists are creating like animes and stuff, that we give them this pass of like, I don't know, they're not. What's the, what's the, what's the I word? don't. That they can't be racist because they're ignorant. Yeah. No, they live in a. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, it's. I. We always used to get this conversation in K-pop or whatever as well because people were like, you do realize that like, like, well, Korea for example has like some of the fastest internet in the world. If they wanted to look it up, they could. Like, it. I just. And it's not like. I don't know. I feel like. Anyway. The only. My thing is if 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 we play the game, and then. There is a whole black country that is doing their thing. That's what I like to believe everyone in Attack on Titan's doing. <laughs> yeah, but I want to see them, like, apart from on Young Kompong. I'm just, I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't trust it. I don't want it. I don't, like, we're seeing what they've done with two characters. I cannot imagine, I cannot imagine the country that they would craft. I can't. I couldn't fathom it. I don't want to say Sars wasn't that bad, and then it turns out that I'm remembering him all wrong. But I spe- I remember Barrett being bad. I remember when I was a kid playing Final Fantasy. I was like, yo, like, okay. And and in even in the remake, they've made him worse somehow. In yeah. 20, 20... <laughs> like, what is that? I didn't even think. Let's let's you know. We put know. him down. <laughs> they made him worse. But yeah, Square Enix do bow. Moving on. To more Xbox, no, I would say not so great stuff. I don't know. I don't. I don't really know how I f- think think about this. But I thought it was quite interesting with the release of um, Gotham Knights. As you know, that game came out not in great working condition. Uh, a lot of people kind of voiced their outrage on Twitter, and then I just it, it felt a bit like blaming like blaming someone else but a lot mm-hmm. of things came out and basically said it's not our fault it's it's the series s's fault <laughs> yeah so i just thought it was quite interesting because i didn't know this was actually a thing I, I don't know if you was aware of it already hassan but i did not know that like microsoft requires that if you put a game out on the series s x that it must run on the series s which we all know is you know a lot less uh, powerful. <sighs> I I knew I knew that they had the requirement that if it's next gen, it has to be for both X and S. I didn't realize it was like such a pain to develop for specifically because it's it's not just one developer that's kind of come out and said like having to 
work for both X and S is a pain in the ass. But like my position is always the S is an incredibly good thing for consumers. Like it's the phenomenal kind of price point and it's a a relatively like easy way to get into the next gen without having to pay like 500 pounds which is a really really good thing and like you gotta realize like as well console manufacturers like microsoft lose money on every unit sold um I th- it was like 100 pounds for the series x and it's like 200 pounds for the s and it, this whole console is purely to allow people to have a gateway in at a cheaper price point that's a fantastic thing so like i'm wholeheartedly for like the being there i i want people to be able to kind of not be like kind of pushed out of gaming because they don't have enough for a pc or for a ps5 you know what i mean Mm. I'm a snob, so mm. I I get what you're saying. In fact, I don't even disagree with you. I agree with you, but I just feel like is there a way that we can get the best out of what this new generation of technology has to offer? I feel like things like this, because it's not just between the S and the X. There's a there's a whole issue of like new games being delayed and things being scrapped due to uh, developers trying to put them out on the last generation like PS4 and this and um I've already forgotten the last Xbox one yeah mm-hmm. Xbox one and 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 it feels like people that are prepared to invest and put their money in and these people that are usually the people that are more fans of like gaming in general than the casual consumer that a series s is trying to get in i feel like they're losing out so that the casual person can play assassin's creed for half an hour on games pass and then turn Mm. it off sort of thing so it it feels like a trade-off that affects me who's at the at the other end sort of thing do you know what Mm. i mean i have no no problem with like in fact i tell people to buy a series s if they if they're really gagging for next gen or to just be able to play a next gen game because mm. you know i feel like we're getting to that stage where they're not releasing games on the last gen anymore um but at the same time when i feel like god of war is you know around the corner and that and I, that's i think that's on ps4 as well it's just like how many when am i going to get the new the, the crisp new thing that is running so smoothly on my PlayStation and making my eyes bleed and things like that. And and I feel like when you hear stipulations like this, it just makes me a bit sad because I'm just like, oh. So here's the other thing as well. Like, um, I don't know if it is purely just because of, like, them, they're doing Xbox Series 1, X and S. If it's just Xbox Series X and S, I don't know how much of, like, a a physical leap is going to be like kind of in development time because those consoles, like the architecture is incredibly, like incredibly similar. It's just a less powerful machine. Yeah. That's, that's what, that's what confuses me because Mm -hmm. it's, if, if you, if people are saying, yeah, I don't want to develop games for at one X or whatever, Mm -hmm. or the one, that's fine. I think that's reasonable at this point, but the fact that there's an issue with the S you're just like, how, how, what what is but then you know i guess it's that cheap console and i guess that that's the reason isn't it i mean like people that, that doesn't even like factor in all the way because like the specs of the s is like a decent pc so it's 
it might be one of those things. Like, remember back in the day, the PS3 used to be like the the alien technology, yeah, yeah that everyone had like an issue <laughs> yeah, yeah. developing for. It wasn't yeah. that the technology itself was a problem. It's just no one had the language to use it properly. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm hoping that that's what is going on here. And like, in a year or a couple of years, they're going to kind of like find their footing and kind of realize like how to work with the system easier because like i really think the xbox series s is something that should be held on to in such an anti-consumer landscape it is a beacon for a lot of people and it is a really necessary thing in the gaming sphere i totally agree with that do you think they're going to make another one like a an, another half step or something maybe um they're we're starting to get to the point where there's going to be like PS5 Slims. It's going to be like Xbox Series X, like um, like smaller versions or like kind of high performance versions. Like in the I... next few years, at least, like the Switch. I don't know what the Switch is doing. <laughs> <laughs> I want my 4K Switch. I don't want no Pokemon Scarlet OLED. <laughs> I I genuinely well, and like after everything I've just said, this is going to sound insane, but like, I genuinely think Nintendo need to put out a new console. Because, like, the one console that's holding back everything is the Switch at, at this point. It's I, so clearly uh, lost in, in, like, the technology and the the games are... Say... Yeah, like, look at Bayonetta, that. like, the gameplay of Bayonetta. Okay, yeah, Bayonetta. Look at, look at Arceus. Look at the gameplay that's out for uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet as well. Like, there's a lot of people who reviewed gameplay of it, and they're saying the hardware is really, really, really holding back the product. Oh, sorry. I wasn't trying to disagree with you. I, I was mm. going to say that I feel like everyone, third parties, just ignore Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> and... They're not holding anyone back because everyone's ignoring <laughs> no, they're them. Holding, they're holding us back. <laughs> they're holding themselves back. Yeah, and they're holding us back. When I never forget the trailer, Um, I was watching a YouTuber react to the first Vi- Scarlet and Violet trailer, and they were like, are those, are those Pokemon running at... 15 frames i was like no Bro. we're back here again <laughs> <laughs> like I, <laughs> I i remember when i started playing arceus um and i got to this plateau and there was a gyarados flying in the air and it was literally like that yeah it was 10 frames a second <laughs> in 2021 you can 10 count frames, frames a second are you kidding me yeah. no it's, it was this year is arceus this year right yeah, yeah, it's twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. I, I, do you know what though? Nintendo. I don't know, man. I don't know. I was playing Mario Party the other day, and I was mm. having a good time. Leave them alone. Yeah, I, I like, <laughs> I objectively problem. had a great time with with Pokemon Arceus. I love that game. It is just a very flawed product. What the game or the console? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you though. They need. They just. It doesn't even have to be like. It would be nice if it could be four K, but. Just get just get some more power behind it, man. Like mm. I feel like now at this stage, like, all right, I know some people are still playing 30 frames. You know, you do you guys, love you guys, but <laughs> we're in a we're in a we're in a stage of life right now mm. where 60 frames is actually becoming the norm. I got the slight little glimpse of it when I bought my when I built my PC and I was like, oh, this is what solid 60 is. And then when I started playing my PS4, I was like, this is making my eyes hurt a little bit. I kid you not. Um, but yeah, Nintendo definitely needs to do better for real, man. Uh, come on, come on, come on, guys. I've heard they have all the money in the world. They, they can do better. It feels almost like they're choosing not to. 
their games don't depreciate, their bloody Joy-Cons cost like 80 quid. Like, God, man, you think you can make something that's not... Mm. <sighs> but yes, let's move on to the main event. Sequels. Do you like sequels, Ram? Mm, sometimes. Do you like game yeah. sequels? Have you played game any game sequels? Mass Effect. <laughs> mm. uh, technically. Well, Mass Effect 2 mm. arguably two, up there. Yeah. And That's a sequel. I can't really count Fable because I didn't play the first one, but I played the second and the third one. And yeah, that's why I'm going to say now my disclaimer, I haven't played that many games that have sequels. So um, God of War uh, Ragnarok will be like my my third sequel game. So maybe ask me next week. Um, no, not next week. At the end of the month. At time of recording, I feel like just you saying that it's a good time to say God of War is literally not out. Mm. But the time it comes out, it will be out. So, yeah. <laughs> God of War could be the best sequel or the worst sequel. I think it'll be the best. I think it's going to be in the middle, but in the positive middle. I, I mean, for me, I mean, I meant for me because I don't have... The story is fresh thing. in your mind. I still need to mm. watch my YouTube video catch-up video and then I'll <laughs> be, like, pumped again. I mean, I'm still low-key, like, trying to kill Valkyrie. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I'm still lucky trying to get Sonic Frontiers. Hassan, how do you... <laughs> you caught me off guard there for real. Uh, <laughs> I I really like sequels. Um, I don't think you get a lot of really good sequels. You like Sometimes you get middling ones. Like, I, I feel like the negativity, like the negativity bias in me remembers the, the bad sequels more than I remember the good sequels. But like when a yeah. sequel is done well, it can like flesh out the world and bring like new life and kind of like expand this thing that you've enjoyed to like newer heights. And I I love that. And that feeling is like second to none. I think what I okay, with my limited experience, what is cool about game sequels compared to like a movie sequel or like a book sequel is like you go back to like a familiar world, but then things are like slightly different and you're playing the game slightly different. Like I don't know, it's weird. I find that quite interesting. Mm. Like when I played Mass Effect 2, it was like some of the controls are a bit different and I was like, oh no, I don't like this. But then it was actually great. Um, no, I, that's 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 a pet peeve of mine. I yeah, I'm like I kind of wanted to dive into it's the a... game and have the same. I like my <laughs> massive thing about just playing games in general is that I get so used to like oh I know what I'm doing like I know all the buttons and then when it comes to the end of the game the reason it takes me ages to start a new game is because I don't want to learn how to <laughs> I don't want to fail again and I don't want to learn things over. So when yeah, I nearly didn't play Mass Effect two because I was oh, like I don't know this. <laughs> I was like no even. Even playing fear, and I'm such a noob with keyboard and mouse. Why is it F to you know action in fear one, and then it's E to action in fear two? That's a whole different letter. <laughs> <laughs> I am struggling as it is. <laughs> the F has the little like like the little braid little little yeah. like dash on oh. it. So I I just <laughs> natu- I'm guessing that's what most people do. I make F is always my action button in PC games. But why did they make it E? And I changed it to F. But then when I walk up to doors, it's like press E to open, and that just irritates me. Like if I proper like sideshow Bob. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I was gonna say, but I guess that's what makes it more in like. It's easy to imagine a movie or a book sequel, but I feel like there's so much more thought that has to go into a game sequel. And maybe that's why there's so much like bad ones and good um, ones. I don't know. I will just say off of what Hassan said earlier, 
I think the reason I tend, because I agree with you in terms of like remembering bad sequels more. And I think the reason I I don't really, when I play a good sequel, I think of it as just a good game. Mm. But then I don't always make that relation to the first game. Whereas when the game is bad, I'm like, this is not as good as the first game. Sort mm. of thing, you know? You've ruined everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what, what sparked me to even want to talk about this in a podcast was obviously Overwatch 2 came out recently. And... I mean, Overwatch is one of those games, it's kind of like McDonald's, isn't it? Like, everyone just goes and plays it, right? But, you know, I'm I'm not saying this. People love McDonald's. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you don't like McDonald's. I don't have a problem with Overwatch. I've, I literally have played five Overwatch games in my life, my, my whole life. I've played more Valorant than I've played Overwatch. Um, but I just, I heard a lot of rumblings about this sequel basically being less than the first game like they've taken stuff away and it it's like well it's gone free to play so i know we've spoken about free to play games enough on this podcast you kind of get the gist you mm. know take stuff out make it free and then stuff that you take out you can buy it back maybe mm. over time i don't know um like, i guess it's build similar... problems and then sell the solution yeah it's similar to i want to say street fire five or was it yeah it was five yeah mm. Where like you just became an advert, a giant advert. Um, I I remember uh it popping up with a pack for like Evo or something skins to buy. Was this in Overwatch? No, in Street Fighter. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you are you mad? <laughs> I'm paying money for this. What to advertise for you for a game that I paid full price for? Yeah. What? <laughs> I've I don't know if it was Overwatch. Is it Overwatch Two where you can buy a, a skin for twenty pound? Is that what they're going for at the moment? Uh, I've I've not been keeping up. Um, that that does sound that does sound plausible because um I did hear grumblings about the Halloween event basically being almost impossible unless you're paying money to to actually get the things you wanted. Yeah, yeah, but they're looking. Yeah, skin. Yeah, some legendary skins in Overwatch go for about nineteen dollars. Can I ask a question? Yes, please. <laughs> so when we say sequels, would you count, for example, something like... Um... Final Fantasy Seven? No. Sorry. That's not... <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm for example, sorry. like The Sims, or we'll say like the Zelda franchise, they're not sequels, but they are kind of like... They no, I'd out. say I'd say yes. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to establish what the rules of like what what counts as a sequel. I would say if the same developer, not even the same developer, if we'll play it fast and loose. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's um because there's even some remakes that I would class as a sequel. Like God of War is a remake, but is a sequel to the. Yeah, I don't even class that as a sequel remake. I class that as a straight up sequel. Yeah. Mm. And even actually, this the Final Fantasy remake is a sequel because it's kind of a different game, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it, it literally is. It, it, it it's weird, it, but it is. It's it's not the f- same game. It's different. I'm gonna ask you guys though, what makes a good sequel though? Okay, I I'm gonna separate into two based on the question that I asked. Like for something like fable or mass effect something that builds on the world that builds on the the story that you've already gotten but like not in a way that um in a way that kind of takes 
it's familiar, but then at, at the same time, slowly expands. So it's not overwhelming. It's like a, a, a slow, like, you know, these people, I'm going to let you know them a little bit more, if that makes sense. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Mm-hmm. And then I think with like franchises, like for example, I, I guess The Sims is more what's coming to mind is like something where what I really enjoyed about like The Sims 1 to Sims 2 to Sims 2 to Sims 3 is how they took like the essence and the like character of the game and all the kind of stuff that we loved about it, like being able to play, like being able to be as imaginative as you wanted. But at the same time, they, they took loads of risks between 1 and 2 and 2 and 3. Like 3 is an open world, like, game that is wildly different to like sims 2 what about forum i didn't say that <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mention no but even from sims 4 it's like they changed the look they focused a lot on i'm i'm i don't really want to talk about sims 4 because sims 4 doesn't feel like it has any character like there's a lot of like cool uh features in the game but it doesn't have like a feeling to it it doesn't have a personality whereas like sims 1 2 and 3 it's like you can tell that they're like it, it feels like they're triplets they're all, they're like part of the same family they share the same dna but they're quite different and i yeah so that's i feel like then i just rambled but yeah they're like, no that makes sense that makes uh, sense to you're me you're very yeah yeah i agree with you to be fair hasn't anything to add to that yeah um there's there's a lot to be said about like um a lot of the games that we love from kind of like gaming antiquity to, to put it like flarily had a lot of issues like uh technically um and i i I think like the the like the gaming language and watching it evolve in a sequel and kind of taking on board the issues from the first game and kind of like building new systems to make either gameplay easier or more like raise the skill ceiling or add like a new like unique thing to make you go oh my god i feel like this utter badass they can do all these crazy amazing things or like give you this new tool to build like new like their castle that you couldn't in like sims one you know what i mean like having not just this um the flexible world become more like in depth through the story but through the actual like the ludo narrative itself like the actual gameplay that that makes a good sequel uh sequel to me that like recaptures that like that magic of when you first play the game and then make that magic even better through the new kind of system that you have in your hand. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I feel like we grew up and I, I actually think hot take, I think this is kind of objective that we just grew up in the best generation for I want to say sequels, but just gaming in general because of the, the technological developments that happened, let's say between PS1 to PS3 or like Nintendo 64 to well not about the Wii but you know what I mean that <laughs> we we just we and even just now as I'm playing through Fear 1 and I, like I completed Fear 1 and then I'm playing Fear 2 and I'm just like it's just so different the game is just so like and I think they came out maybe one or two years apart but like the amount of improvement in like the fidelity the movement what the game adopted from other games and I was just like you don't really get that nowadays everything is so so polished but also we'll get into this a bit later like I feel like there's a lot at stake so a lot of things are very a lot more calculated as opposed to what they were back then but I don't know man we just we just were we were 
at a good age for like a, a good time in gaming. Mm. I feel like I... a lot of sequels, sorry, I'd say a lot of sequels coming out were, even if they weren't great, they were still like, you never felt like, apart from like Devil May Cry 2, like, <laughs> and some others, like, they were never like, <laughs> really <laughs> egregious but um oh there's 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 hmm, i think your nostalgia is getting the better yeah <laughs> i know i just feel like nowadays there's you, you don't you don't get anything I, mm. i'd rather i'd rather something push the boat out and and flip it over by accident than mm. just not pushing the boat out i just like i use horizon as an example like horizon was a, a quadrillion times better as a sequel than Devil May Cry 2 to use an example but Devil May Cry 2 was different enough that it left an impression on my mind in it mm, mm, mm. <laughs> whereas Horizon Forbidden West I sometimes I don't even know if I played it or not like I, I and that game was beautiful like I would just stare at that game mm. yeah I did finish it but, but um just to add on to what you guys said in regards to what makes a good um sequel yeah I agree with you Hassan I like I like both innovation of game mechanics, but I also like when games just tighten their mechanics. Mm. And there's these little things that I've grown to appreciate, like let's say between Sonic 1 and 2, like a little dash, like a, a drop dash or just tighter jumping and things like that. And I also like when like games of the similar genres like pick, uh, you could say it's copying, but when they pick, good mechanics from like their contemporaries mm. um i guess an example would be like uh sprinting in a first person shooter or 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 sliding when you know like in quad and things like that how it can come out into other games i yeah i i like i like narrative as well but i feel like that's like the obvious answer to be fair um and sometimes the story like if the game feels exactly the same i kind of just feel a bit like Mm. could this not have been dlc mm. like did i pay full price just for more story I, you need you need to you need to give me something that makes like controls need to feel familiar but but new at the same time so mm. I, I feel like the answer is obvious for you no it's not it's not okay if it is what you're gonna ask so in terms of a sequel what do you guys put above all else I think it depends because I was when I was looking at your prompt of that I was thinking about because I, I was like oh yeah Sims counts as a sequel and you know what Sims 4 is like technically the best of the whole franchise I think personally like you can do so much in it like there's like th- that you could build Hogwarts if you wanted like there's so much more especially with like cheat modes and stuff because they're kind of a bit more open to that there's like there's just a lot that you can do in the game but it has no like narrative it has no personality. So I don't, I feel like, I don't know now. I don't know which one I prefer. Because <laughs> I'm like, if that is, I feel like there's a world where like you can have both, but it, it's, and even like, okay, so I haven't played all of the Zelda games, but I watch a lot of like. Some would argue you haven't played any Zelda shush, games. Shush. <laughs> I, I love Breath of the Wild, yeah, but I but feel like you need to play a non-Breath of the Wild no. Zelda game to understand Can I Zelda. Point, though, but you you played Link's Awakening, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, you yeah. have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I stand corrected. Anyway, so <laughs> I haven't played a, a lot, but like I've I've watched like I just like watching theory videos of whatever I'm playing. And I feel like a lot of people say the same kind of thing about Breath of the Wild of like, 
yeah it's like cool and in terms of like the mechanics and all the stuff that you can do but at the same time there's like a lack of story so I think I'm still figuring out what I because I really enjoyed Breath of the Wild and sometimes I really enjoy Sims 4 too and I feel like there is a yeah I know but Wind Waker is like my favorite it's up there I was gonna say that I feel like you really like I feel like you really like Wind Waker though um but yeah, my point is, I don't know which is more important to me. I, I guess naturally, because I like narrative, I guess when it comes down to it, I probably, because I think most of the time I play a game to have a good story. I don't like to be stressed very often. I'm trying to push myself a bit more to take in the stress. But it's like, even until dawn, I just really enjoyed that it had a good story. And it's like something that, like, even when I watch gaming videos, it's all about like, oh, what's what's the law what's the theories and like that's the stuff that keeps me going so and i think that's also why i really enjoyed god of war as well um same with mass effect so i guess maybe it is it does come down to story but just that prompt made me think about like sometimes it feels like there's a bit of a trade-off um just based on the games that i've played where it's like sometimes you get these games that are really good technically but then they're just they're, they're lacking they're lacking something and i'm like Lee, why do you want to take oh, it? Oh, me. Um, I've, I feel like for me, it also kind of depends, but I'm actually leaning more towards gameplay enhancements. And I think that's just because I've played so many games and I've been playing them since I was like a child where stories you know stories <clears throat> stories were good but you know I when I was really young playing like Super Mario Bros 3 and like Ocarina of Time was the first time and I was like this there's a there's a story here and I've got a, but even outside of that I had never complained completed Ocarina of Time I just you know when your friends come around and you're just playing it like you don't know what's going on <laughs> um, it's like, just a good vibe like <laughs> I didn't even become an adult the first time I played Ocarina of Time. I don't know. Oh, I was just I just remember we used to we used to have this game, right? When you first leave the um Cookery Woods, yeah, could you run to Hyrule Castle in the day before the jewel bridge shuts? That's what we used to do. <laughs> I love that. Like back in the day, you you would make games in games. Yeah. That was the worst fun thing. Like, exactly I remember... that, exactly that, that critical route before the jewel bridge. And we'd spend more time doing little things like that but also growing up in an estate we spent a lot of time just like when we weren't just outside just causing trouble we were just inside playing that's why i've been playing mario party because mm. like i have such fond memories of mario party 2 in my friend's house because like i used to borrow most of his games that i'm just playing it by myself like a loser <laughs> but um i think when a game if there's a game that like if you really enjoyed a story and then you played another game um but the story is not as good as a sequel i was going to use an example but i'll save that i feel like if the story is not as good as the first one but they've enhanced the gameplay that i really enjoy i can really like switch like switch off that part that's engaging in the story and just be enjoying the moment to moment gameplay mm. i need i need unless it's a, a really strong narrative driven game I really need to be enjoying what I'm doing in that, what do they call it? The primary gaming loop. Mm. Um, 
I will take a mediocre story with excellent gameplay over an excellent story with mediocre gameplay. I love Returnal. <laughs> the last it's of us. like <laughs> the last of us. Hey, I, mean, <laughs> I was gonna say Returnal because I don't know what the <laughs> hell was going on in that game, but I love playing that game. I think about going back to it all the time, and I don't even know why because I don't know what happened. <laughs> I but, yeah. that's that's the only game that I want a PS5 for. The only game. It's that, so it is really good. It's my bag. Like every every tick, like. It's a roguelike tick, sci-fi tick, time stuff tick. I'm in. <laughs> Come in. Yeah, no, I think you really enjoy it. But in terms of understanding what's happening, oh, you might get it more than me, but I, I don't know what's happening. That's, yeah, but Hassan, yeah, what what do you value the most? I, I'm with you. Um, I I think because like I play a lot of games, so um, the, it, for the most part, depending on the kind of game, the things I'll value the most are different. Um, like a little tiny indie game, like say, a journey. It's the narrative, and like the narrative is the gameplay. So the gameplay is going to be the thing that I focus the most on. If that game, if the gameplay didn't absolutely slap in that game, I would hate that game. Like, doesn't matter how beautiful a story it could be, because of how like intrinsically linked the gameplay and the narrative were. Like, it it wouldn't work. Um, in the same way that like. I, I used to play like a lot of Counter Strike back in the day. There is no story. If the gameplay didn't absolutely work, I wouldn't be able to enjoy it, right? Um, but then there's some games where the story being told absolutely like steps over what the actual gameplay is. If I just had to press W, the gameplay would still be carried on the notes of the story. Like Gone Home is an example of that. Like Edith Finch, even if Edith Finch was just like a on rails story being told i would have deeply enjoyed that game still so um i i I think though for me because like the games i play the most are very kind of technical and like difficult i think the things that draw me to sequels the most is the gameplay because like i play like a lot of roguelikes and metrovanias and and those kind of games if the gameplay didn't evolve i was like oh i'm just gonna keep playing the (laughs) <laughs> the one I was playing before, like there would be no reason for me to to go and continue playing the sequel. Yeah, I guess that's one thing I didn't really think about actually. When if a game doesn't prioritize story, but then you have games like Overwatch. So mm. <laughs> I was gonna say if 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 the if the main forefront is is um gameplay, then you would. But then also you have games like Call of Duty that you know they. I know people there was. People don't play the campaign, but apart from one, they still be releasing them. And mm-hmm. you know, for the, for the reviewers that review them, they tend to say they're right. Still, mm-hmm. you know? but... I'll give you an example: uh, Destiny. Destiny, I think, is the best mediocre story carried by really good gameplay. I agree. I don't even know the story. To be fair, every time I drop back in, I have to say mm-hmm. to my friend Tishan, shout out to Shan, I'll be like, so, "What's going on now since I left?" <laughs> He'd be like, "Yeah, this this Savathun came down, and this I'm like, oh, okay, so what's Savathun again?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a good mate called Ash who, uh, not not Ash Beard guy, different Ash, who really loves Destiny, and like can wax eloquent about the story. And oh I, I just turn up and like whenever there's like a new season, I'm just like we, we're gonna we're gonna shoot the thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I am. <laughs> so what planet can we shoot things on now? That's how <laughs> yeah, I exactly. Like, the moon looks different. <laughs> um, we spoke a little bit about Overwatch, obviously. You know, 
not doing much and and also even games like when before you know before is it uh, is it what's, what's the new diablo uh, diablo the new... 4 is the one that's coming so out? before they announced diablo 4 when they came up with diablo Immortal, and everyone was just like what the hell you know they, it, it... <laughs> but like you know there are i think sometimes you know i briefly mentioned devil may cry 2 there are games on the other end of the spectrum where they take it a bit too far is 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 taking it too far even a thing or are you kind of like are you guys of the impression like like i said earlier at least you tried uh, yes and no because i think sometimes they should have known not to try in that way <laughs> like they should have known better to a certain degree um there are some exceptions where there's like there's certain situations where there was no way that this was going to work like um the what i was uh when we did the intro and i was saying like there's a game that has like one of the most interesting rabbit holes duke nukem forever Ugh. is the worst sequel i think <laughs> sorry for yeah that. no that is the right reaction i think it is the worst sequel <laughs> ever like <laughs> maybe ever um so let's not say ever because like people go out of their way to exceed expectations when it comes to bad things um but that game the writing was was trapped like 20 years before the game came out the gameplay was trapped 20 years before the gameplay like came out like from every angle it felt dated and awful and sexist and like just it was it was a gross game that it shouldn't come out (laughs) is it it was they tried and they shouldn't have tried i think is is the best way that i can put that Uh, yeah i feel like yay for innovation no i feel like you have to know who your like your audience is or whatever like and you like don't just try things for the it's like that whole thing that you get with like substance over like style over substance like i Mm. think it's the same thing that applies like are you doing this just to like shake things up but there's no like actual grounding behind it like how there's no kind of feedback or feed into your audience and stuff like i feel like you should always try and take a risk because sometimes you know amazing things come out of it but i think it's like it should be a calculated risk not just like like i don't know throwing spaghetti <laughs> at the wall and seeing whatever sticks like i feel like that's yeah. dangerous There's... i hear what you're saying but because then that's what new games are for no. not mm. sequels My, yeah but do you know what it is i think it depends on where it in like because i guess the innovation you have to look at where the product is now and then where you're trying to push the product. Mm. So I mentioned you, you will use you will use Halo Infinite as an example, right? Because I was gonna get into that later. <laughs> yeah, so Halo Infinite is what Halo Infinite is is so different to what Halo was, mm. but then the innovation itself, you've just tried to draw on a very popular game like type, essentially the open world, mm-hmm. and and it's like, yeah, it's different for what Halo is, but you ha- all you've done is try to copy what... Everyone. But that's what I mean, mm. like, it has to be... Gen- well, like, there has to be some kind of grounding. There has to be a logic that I can follow mm. that makes sense of why you made that leap to this. That is like, oh, this is a natural evolution into, like, this. Because, like, whenever there's changes to anything, like, people are always going to be slightly resistant to it anyway, mm. just especially if it's, like, a franchise that's been going for a long time. But 
I'm going to go back to Sims because that's the best example that I know. But it's just like, I think people could see like, oh, okay, I see where you're going. Um, this is like enhancing my game experience. Even like Sims 4, it's like, okay, loads of people were making really cool buildings in Sims 3. Like loads of people wanted to customize more. So naturally in Sims 4, they're like focusing on those elements a bit more. So I think it like, there has to be some kind of logic it, that makes sense to the franchise. You can innovate, but like, yeah, it, it needs a bit of grounding. That's my I feel like um, they got to understand like audiences aren't static either. Um, yeah. And like that's the, the greatest problem with, I, I think, with Duke Nukem Forever was they were advertising this game to the same like kids who were playing Duke mm -hmm. Nukem in arcades. Mm -hmm. And those kids were like 35. <laughs> yeah, like by the they by the by the time Duke Nukem Forever came out, and it, and like for everyone who wasn't part of that generation, it just it felt puerile and like unnecessary, like mostly just unnecessary. There's um games from that era that had that moment of shift and change, um, and like. They're some of my favorite sequels. Um, some of them I'll go into later. Uh, Doom 2016. Oh, yeah. It's the perfect example of how you can do that that, that sequel to perfection. Like, it's one of my favorite games. Like, it's the perfect shooter. Like, it's phenomenal mechanically. And it understands what the story needs to be and how it needs to present itself. Like, it doesn't, um, it doesn't take itself seriously. But it also takes itself incredibly seriously in the right ways, because like yeah, Eternal is even Eternal is probably a good yeah. example of a sequel that it, it's just bigger and better, but it's mm. not necessarily innovative. If you get what I mean, it's just, yeah, absolutely. It's that tightening of the gameplay I was talking about that, yeah, I love Doom. I love Doom, and literally, narrative does not matter <laughs> at all. I don't pay attention to any Doom is like yes, just how how. Cool, can you look just running around mm -hmm. killing things? Mm -hmm. That's it is the is the perfection of mechanics driven gameplay. But yeah, let's move on. Live services or games like COD and FIFA should they have sequels, guys? No, <laughs> not as many. Um, I yeah, I don't mind them being iterative, but there has to be there has to be a reason. There has to be a reasonable reason why I buy another game. And different skins and no technological difference isn't it? Like, isn't it at all? Mm -hmm. it, I it's, would... it's so much I worse would argue like COD. COD. I would I would have argued COD mm. before they rebooted Modern Warfare. <laughs> because then I could say at least you're getting a different flavored packet of crisps. Mm. Like I, I really enjoyed that. Modern Warfare One, World at War, Black Ops Two, Modern Warfare Two, that kind of era where it did feel like the games were changing, and they were like adding mechanics. But then, even as much as people hated Infinity War, it felt like it felt like natural progression to me personally. Mm, I, I um, liked it. Like I liked it because press F to, to mod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> but um, then they, then they rebooted modern warfare. And I just, there's always a 
sour taste when I hear any sort of reboot or remake of anything. Like, why are we remaking The Last of Us? What is that? What? How? How are you remaking a game that's been Money. remastered that is not even that old in the first place? Like that stuff. And then it just makes me think, oh, you're out of ideas. Now you're trying to milk the fans for nostalgia and you're trying to cash in on things. And that's when I start getting checked out. Mm-hmm. So before Modern Warfare reboot, I would have said, you know what? I think COD could maybe give it a, a rest, but, you know, I, I don't mind the sequels. FIFA has no excuse. Yeah, that's <laughs> UK, all of these sports games that are like have been the same for the last 10 it years. Just make any sense. Just do a DSC, man. And and consumers, stop stop buying it. I used to get so irrationally angry and I, this was whenever my brother would buy FIFA. Like, I used to feel... This is from the age of whenever he first started playing this. So, like, years and years and years ago. And I just used to get so angry because I was like, I don't understand. Why are you buying this game over and over again? He's like, but there's new players. I'm like, why can't they just update the players into the game? Like, I I don't understand. Mm, <laughs> literally. Stop buying like, it. it. It's the same game technologically. Yeah but you're paying 70 quid for it again is ridiculous. Yeah. And and not just paying 70 quid, it's also, it's riddled with microtransactions every year that you then have to re-up because everything is invalidated in the new game. Yeah. So the last kind of serious question I will ask is, in, you know, gaming has sort of become, I feel like an interviewer today. Sorry. <laughs> Gaming has become very mainstream now, you know, and profitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you feel like the kind of space that gaming is in now has sort of changed how devs approach sequels and what they're going to put into their sequels or if they're even going to put out a sequel? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you want to go first, Rem? Um, again, I feel like I've been leaning on... The reason I refer to Sims the most is because I actually know the ins and outs of, like, the games and the, like compared to other games where I played the game, I didn't really know that much about like the background of it. But I feel like you can even see like, I think that one of the reasons that Sims 4 has so little personality is because they're just like trying to to market to like a wider audience. And it just feels like they're not really putting as much thought into like the actual gameplay, which is great for like, they're able to get a lot of like first time players in and then that's all they're doing. They're not really trying to grow the audience that they already have or really like listen to them. Um, and I feel like I can kind of feel that in like recently they have confirmed Sims 5 and have showed us some of those features there. And it just feels like with each sequel, the game is like more about like, oh, you can like build this and like kind of appealing to more of the sandbox nature, but not having any of the like actual personality of the Sims. And I feel like a lot of that is because they are kind of doing the bare minimum to kind of appeal to people who maybe haven't played the game before or who are just a lot more focused on like the things that you can do in the game and not the actual like content of it um so I feel like yeah as you start to maybe obviously you don't want to gatekeep anything but I think as as people start to like market towards like a mainstream audience just this like this faceless mainstream audience you kind of strip things away to make it like more palatable or like more i don't know vanilla because then that's more of a like everybody's gonna like that kind of thing if that makes sense and i mm. think maybe again like i'm only mainly speaking from sims 4 so i don't know about no but else, do, do you but know i feel like that's you could that's what i feel you could even look at final fantasy 16 now that i think about it because 
it's it's it does look very western it's probably the most western looking final fantasy in terms of like even final fantasy the last one 15 it was futuristic but it was still very anime whereas this one even though we've had medieval final fantasies in the past this one feels very game of thrones like i mean that guy literally like jamie lannister (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, I'm it, so confused when you open the door. And I do feel like that is something to do with like what is popular right now in the audience they're trying to capture. I, I definitely agree with that. And also just with the amount of remakes and things, you can just, you can see that exactly what you said about catching, or just trying to cast the net wide and catch mm-hmm. as many people as, as, as you can essentially, which is, I think is bad because it causes this sort of like homogenization of games where like everything's starting to feel the same looking at Ubisoft. Um, So yeah, I think I'd agree as well. Hasan? I think the way the games develop kind of happens in cycles um, and we see this, this homogenization kind of go in waves and waves and waves and with more and more money kind of coming into AAA spaces, I think that homogenization cycle is going to go faster and faster. Yeah. Um, I am worried about like kind of everyone trying to make like a sequel, even when a game doesn't need one. But for the most part, like I am, I'm an optimist, and I think that we're going to get good games regardless. And even if you have a moment where you kind of have a break from AAA. Lean into indies. There's always something amazing in the indie sphere. Like, there's always something that's going to absolutely like shake what you think gaming could be, or like how a gaming story could be shaped in the indie kind of gaming sphere. So, there's always hope. <laughs> that's that's my position. That's why everyone should play Paralyze and not the. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but yeah, no, that is true. Because I guess when you were talking about like casting, though, I. One of the things I hate is like I feel like most people don't realize that there's something very special about telling very specific stories or like having very specific niches because actually it brings together like brings people together more than having like a story that is just very generic because you find yourself like being like this story is very different from my like how I've lived my life but I'm relating to this and you realize how like you know there's so many connecting strands no matter how different we are so I, I yeah I'm I love a niche anything i feel like there should be more niches or just some conviction in what you're doing because Mm. when you when you are trying to appeal to everyone you you just you just kind of like do oh that might offend that person or that might annoy oh we can't have our protagonist be a jerk because some people don't like that you know what i mean and things Mm. like that whereas if you commit to what you um want to do then obviously some people are going to bounce off of it, but they tend to be vocal minority. Mm-hmm. People that love it will lord it kind mm-hmm. of thing. But again, when we're in this generation where, you know, using Quarry as an example, I'm not saying Quarry is good or bad, but um, it was... Worse than Untotaland. <laughs> you know, it, it games, you know, designed to be streamed. You get a lot of games. What was that? What was that? There was a, a Battle Royale that, that came and went hyper something i can't remember uh, hyperscape hyperscape and i used to play that game like you get these games that are specifically created just chasing um a fad and i feel like sometimes when a game when a company has a game that's out already or they have an ip 
like Halo, and they're like, okay, a lot of people. I'm I, like, I'm sorry. I, in my personal opinion, Halo is Sam Fisher. If you get what I'm saying, he's dead. You need like I, I, Halo, I, I, I think, hear you. Oh, as a, yeah, no, I'm not saying it like to, to, to shit on the chief. No, here, no, no, but no you're I just right, think, right. I just think I think Halo's done. Like. I, I just feel like you've got a you've, you've got a really pivot direction, and I feel like things like that where you're like, oh, everyone loves the chief, right? Let's make that, but open world, it's that sort of thing. Like, mm. who the hell asked for that? Do, do, do you know what's funny though? Like, Halo Infinite is better than Halo Five. Like, Halo Guardians is the worst of the Halo games by a country mile. It's awful. okay. Talking about awful. that, should we talk about our best and worst sequels? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I guess um, we'll start with worse. How's it? I'm gonna jump. Yeah, in. yeah. I hundred like okay, from. I think the worst sequel is Duke Nukem Forever. I think my the the sequel that I hate the most personally is Halo Five. I hate that game. That I'm game gonna, sucks, and I'm it gonna... misses the point of what every of what Halo. We don't have like three hours for me to like. It's, I would too, to be fair. Sorry. sorry it's just sorry. it's like um Halo at his best sings when it's a very linear narrative following a character with other things like uh, with other things kind of like interspersed with it. Then they made it this like weird hero shooter kind of thing with like the other Spartan team and you have a team with you and it's just like none of this is necessary and or Halo. Like it's just what are we doing? What are we doing here? <laughs> like, yeah, it just that game sucks, I, man. I, I'll one up you, and I'll say Halo Four <laughs> because Halo Five was bad, mm. but I checked out by four, mm. so I didn't even. When I saw Five, I laughed. When I saw Spartan Lock, I was already on that ha ha uh, Halo you, train. <laughs> you already done, but yeah. But <laughs> when Four came out. I was on board. I was ready. Mm. I, the ending of three, I'll never forget when they're in the little ship and they're floating away and you're like, oh, what's next for Chief mm. and that? And I just remember playing four and just being like, yeah, this is one of those sequels. <laughs> <laughs> like four, four is the most mediocre. Like it's just, it's the most by numbers. It could, you could literally remove the Halo skins and it could be any sci-fi game from Kill the era. Zone. Yeah, literally. Like, <laughs> And no one remembers Killzone. <laughs> Shadowfall was, uh, you know, I got a PS4 at launch in it, and there was mm. literally Shadowfall and Infamous. So. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I have fond memories of those games, but it, yeah, yeah, four made just... me four really upset me. It, it let me down. Five is worse though. I def, I five is way worse, but five, yeah, five is the worst really game. Good. But like, we we can't ignore like how mediocre it was. Like I. Before Infinite came out, um, I did a marathon of all of the Halo games. Mm-hmm. And like, so I, I still had it like quite fresh in my mind. Um, the problem with Halo Infinite is it just, it it's the most unfinished of all of the games. There is, and it's also the most wasted potential, yeah. if that makes sense too. Because mechanically... Halo 5 is the best Halo's ever felt for me. Like the gunplay, the movement, like the utility stuff, like the grapple hook. Phenomenal. Like amazing. But then it's wrapped in this package of 
four different arenas that are kind of like copy and pasted all over the place mm. with a story that really feels like they did it in two weekends yeah it, it was painful like because i was like oh shit i'm back in the saddle with master chief and it feels really good to play and like the moment the adrenaline wore off you could see how how rickety a cart you were on yeah and that hurt man especially after like going oh god i played halo 5 a second time what the hell have i done oh my god <laughs> when a fan of craig and infinite then <laughs> just like I, name was, I don't know i just i and like the seek the sequel bait from infinite as well was real dumb and i was just like you guys are just what are we doing what are we doing <laughs> i thought it was gonna be infinite forever i think they're gonna do it infinite too like destiny yeah, like I hope so because I love Halo and genuinely the gameplay is fantastic. Like I cannot stress that enough. It's just everything else is bad. Ram. I don't have one. You sure? Yeah. You don't want to say Mass Effect 3? Uh, no. I it wasn't the worst. <laughs> like, I, I don't think I could say that it's the worst. like it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't as good. It kind of felt a bit lackluster, but it wasn't like, you know. Okay, so you're you're a normal person. I not I like I. Do you know what? When people say the ending of three ruined the whole trilogy, I really do be wanting to say grow up. It, I know it was pretty bad, but that trilogy was so good. Like the ending, like <laughs> yeah. sometimes the journey is all that matters, right? Yeah. Like people are really will throw that whole trilogy in a bin just for that. But how I, about Fable Three? You know um, what? I hold, hold on, hold on. We the, the ending where you could kick the child. The ending's perfect. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I Fable with me is such a nostalgia thing that I like. Even Fable three, I couldn't. I preferred Fable two. I had no nostalgia. But it's three. like no, it's because I remember playing it with my brother. I played it the first run through, and then he learned from all of my mistakes. So it's like I just when I think of that game, I don't even remember the story really. I didn't really like that, like. So you don't remember playing it and thinking two was way Oh no, I know that two was way better. Like no, but like way No, it was way better because I remember being like, uh, this story's kinda weird and the I guess in two, like the protagonist just felt so much more like a protagonist, whereas I the third game was such a placeholder, like princess, prince, whatever, like I don't know. But I think just for me it was just you didn't Being like raising that... the taxis oh my God. to fight the darkness. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so I don't have any bad sequels. I'm willing to play Sims 4. You hate Sims 4. Mm. I rag on Sims 4, but it's more because I'm disappointed. And I think that Sims... No, I'm really... I am. I wait, am disappointed. Wait, wait. You're disappointed so, yeah. in comparison to... To all the other games. But I wouldn't say... Oh. I don't want to say it's the worst sequel. Again, it's like I can play... Okay, I have gotten to the point where I said I'm not buying any more packs because it's that. <laughs> but it's more the... Okay, fine. Well, it's the worst before. sequel you've played. Yeah. There you go. You got there in the end. Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, not all. I just didn't, I don't know. I didn't really think of it. It's playable. I really hear you say a nice thing about Sims. <laughs> yeah, that's because, I think it's because there's just four, so two, much, four. like, the, the company stuff and just EA being crap and just, like, it, it's, it's just very obvious. But it's still bad. Why are you trying to, like, mm. I don't know. why are you reasoning like, yourself? You, 
do you not see the Stockholm syndrome? Do you not see the Stockholm syndrome that you're in? <laughs> Full effect. Full I haven't effect. Even been playing it for a really long time. I guess I just must. It's the nostalgia. It's because I feel like I'm slating the rest of the franchise. Hassan? Uh, I think my favorite sequel is Doom 2016. I think that's the game, especially because like I like the Doom franchise, but Doom 3 was just dumb. And like I kind of went, yeah. Like, and when I when I heard they were making a new Doom game, I was like, I was so ready for it to be awful. Like so ready for it to just be really, really awful. And then I finished it in two days because I couldn't put it down. I love that game. Like I love that game so much. It's it's fantastic. Um I think like narrative, like narrative sequels. But there's there's some games where like um I have like a special place in my heart like Halo Two, and then there's games like uh, God of War, which is such a beautiful kind of like um, growth from God of War Three or yeah. Ascension, where I think like that has to like factor in for me too. So I'm like Doom Eternal, Castle, uh, uh what's it called, uh, Wolfenstein, uh, New Order. God of War, those are my three. Oh, this, this, now you, I've realized this is quite a tricky one, isn't it? Mm. All right, so. Yes, I don't know why you're saving me. Last of Us 2 is the best sequel. I'm joking. <laughs> Not Last of Us 2. Um, in terms of sequel, uh, so in terms of gameplay, I'm going to go with Arkham City because of how expansive it was on on Arkham Asylum and those like Arkham Asylum came out and it was just a great game it was a good time it was it was really good Co- the, the combat it was it was a good game and then Arkham City came out and the way they kind of almost changed the game from like this kind of corridor in this enclosed space to now open up the whole city um and and the way they kind of implemented the side quests and like the other villains it just it opened up the game in a way that i felt was almost perfect for a sequel um i will also give a honorable shout out to red dead redemption 2 for the same reason i'd say particularly the fact that you play obviously two is wait is the prequel before one yeah two two is before one right uh yeah yeah like it's set before yeah that's it sorry my brain fried a bit (laughs) and you play and obviously you get to see you play in the same camp as john the protagonist for the first game but you don't like you learn more about him in a way that adds more narrative context to the first game but also like the gameplay developments come. I mean, I don't even need to talk about it. You literally look look at a horse's testicle shovel in Red Dead 2. Oh my god. You do that. It is um, <laughs> ridiculous the amount of detail they went into in that game. Yeah. Um so I would say toss up between those two, but I feel like Batman was shorter. <laughs> so <laughs> shorter games always get the plus from me because I got real life Red Dead with fatigue. I didn't even complete the um the, the, John end, Marston bit. the epilogue. I, I I was tired by that time, man. I it was, was so sad because I was along for the journey. I was getting voice notes, <laughs> videos about the whole story, and then just tapered off. I was tired. <laughs> like that game so gave sad. me, and I didn't even 
I didn't even do. I'm one of the. I'm a completionist, mm. and if a game's good and I enjoy the world, I will get sucked in. I want to hunt all the balls. I want to get all the skins, and I got so tired and so annoyed that I just completed the game. And then I was like, oh, I gotta do more of this. And then my friend was like, it's a couple hours. I was like, why is it so long? I just stopped. The I was like, he dies in the first game anyway. The epilogue is stupid. <laughs> I know how his story ends. <laughs> the epilogue um, had no business making me build a house for an hour. No business <laughs> make me do this. Wait. Um, in terms of narratives, and this is, might be a weird pick, I would say Majora's Mask, because of the the um, just some of the themes of friendship and things, and also just the tonal shift. It, I I love Majora's Mask, obviously, you know, like it's no secret. But I, I also love Ocarina of Time. But that shift of the dark. But not like edgy dark. It's just very creepy. like yeah, very creepy vibe. And it's like all the assets are exactly the same. So how does this game feel so different? It, it, it's it's amazing. Like uh, yeah. So that that would be probably Majora's Mask. I'd say yeah, and not Last of Us too. <laughs> um, uh, I really enjoyed Mass Effect too. Master Effect mm. 2 is up there. I think okay. because mm. the, the beginning, I am a, quite a reactive person, but I actually have noticed with games that I try not to be that reactive because the last time I was like that was I threw the Until Dawn, like I, I threw the controller <laughs> away. So, I don't want to um, talk about those games. So I tried to like leave it in, but I remember like Mass Effect, there were so many moments where I was like, oh my, especially that first like kind of like her just getting blown out of the ship. And I was like, what? What the, the sequence of what the sequence of two was very good. Yeah, mm. I feel like there was a lot of um, and I just enjoy all of the characters in that game. Um, and it was really great getting to like well, you got to Jack, meet whatever is the, the... no not Jack. Jack is with the tattoos. She's great. Yeah, Jack is with the tattoos. Oh Who no, not Jack. Jack. I was I was talking about that that generic white man. Oh, well, <laughs> that's why that's why I said Jack. Yeah, Ka- yeah I had Ka- to romance him because in the first game I was a bit racist. And but, also, <laughs> but also, you couldn't romance Garrus anyway. But I was, I was adamant that I was not going to romance an alien. And then, yeah, Garrus, and... like <laughs> you romance Liara. Oh and, and then, <laughs> and then, Tally's um, Bay. Okay, she's not. She's Bay. Tally's Bay. She's not. She killed herself in my game. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you made the wrong decisions? She mm-hmm. killed herself. You made the wrong decision. I don't know. I must have saved someone. I just did it for a reason. Um, <laughs> I think we should wrap up. <laughs> yeah, I like Mass Effect And then obviously I'm going to say I like Sims. You know what? I feel such strong attachment to Sims because I've played every single game. Uh, Sims 3, half and half because it would sometimes not run my computer. But Sims 2 is a great game. Pokemon okay. Gold. That's yes. A, that's a shout. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, sorry. That is an episode. Before we go. After this episode, sorry. Next week I might say God of War. Mm. Oh yeah, touche, touche. I think you probably will. Yeah. Mm. We go quickly. What 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 are you up to, Hassan? Uh, I am playing a Metroidvania called Ghost Song, which is really good, like really, really, really good. Uh, it's frustrating the shit out of me because it's a Metroidvania, but I'm I'm loving it. Uh, yeah, that's me. Um. Uh, I caught up on my mangas yesterday. <laughs> um, that was Jujutsu Kaisen. I'm still a bit confused, I'm not going to lie. Um, and also Spy X Family. 
and have slowly started to watch all the recent anime that has come out and well what watching spy experiment i don't know why would i know what you've been doing <laughs> um okay. i'm gonna say that's it for now i should be on my switch playing games but now because i i know god of war is coming out i've just kind of had like she had the opposite of me see <laughs> i have this thing of i can complete two games in this week I gotta complete what I can before the game comes out. You know, you know how it goes, Hassan. You gotta get <laughs> yeah. crunching, yeah. Whereas I'm just like, I'm just gonna sit here and meditate until yeah. God of War comes because, out. Because you know what? I actually did start Skyward Sword, but then I played Until Dawn. I can't really play two games at a time unless it's like a casual game. So then I played Until Dawn, and then by the time I finished that, I was like, well, guess I just gotta wait until the next game. So yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, I'm I'm playing. Fear 2 now, I completed Fear 1, and I've had a similar thing of you where I'm like, I'm going to play this, but one thing I didn't realise is Fear 2 is a lot more scary than Fear 1, so <laughs> I can't really be binging it sometimes, like, mm. is it, when I'm home alone, I'll be a bit on edge and stuff. Um, and we we completed a quarry. I had a very bad experience in that game. He had a worse experience than me. I consider, consider this is for context. I killed Emily, and I I switched off the game, and I was very close to crying. I'm not even joking. If you were not in the room. I would have burst into tears. But I was like, I had to hold it in, and he had a worse reaction. To no, but it was so right. Some I made a choice and the game did not make the choice. So that was my explanation to rap. I I, I, I deleted the whole game. I, I instantly, I instantly dashboarded and I said, I'm not playing this game anymore. And I deleted the whole thing. And Ram was like, don't do it. Ram was before I was bluffing. I deleted the whole thing. I was, I was like, I didn't know what else. Like there was nothing that I could say. <laughs> and my reason was, this is a game where your choices have consequences. And the game did not take my choice. And spoilers... I was Ryan and I went to shoot and I remember because I was so proud of myself I was like I have to shoot the right werewolf and I pointed the gun at Chris and Ram heard it I clicked that trigger button so hard yeah and it didn't shoot it didn't shoot <laughs> it, it, and then he, and then he ripped off Ryan's face and then I looked it up and it was like yeah you had to shoot him and I was like I did shoot him and then I missed out on the I missed out on like the secret ending now because of it. I yes, I did re-download it and I did see it through to the end. That's so funny. That's so funny. I feel so like funny. You key triggered because of what <laughs> No, Abigail. No, because I got over Abigail. Yeah, okay. I killed Abigail as well. I got over that. I made a bad choice then and she died. <laughs> I got over that. But the, the Ryan thing, I did not make the choice and I, I couldn't live with it. I, I think we should call it. Yeah, we should wrap up. <laughs> Ram, tell the lovely listeners where to find us. <clears throat> you can find <laughs> us on The Nerd Alternative on Instagram, on The Nerd Alternative without the E after the N on Twitter. You can also find us on Reddit. And we're also on TikTok and YouTube. So please follow, like, and subscribe, all of that good stuff. Um, And, of course, you can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and basically pretty much most podcast providers. Um, Again, if you like the episode, please do let us know your thoughts. Um, Yeah, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. See you later, alligator. Cut that out. Cut it out. <laughs> <laughs>